2: why using an agency for adoption is important. Sometimes adoptive families want to take adoption into their own hands rather than using an agency. This can be challenging and carry its own risks or liabilities. Mm -hmm. So I thought we would take time and make this podcast and talk about independent adoptions and kind of the The pros and cons of using an adoption agency versus an independent adoption. Okay. Regardless, adoption attorneys are necessary in all adoptions to ensure that the legal requirements are met. Mm -hmm. But in an independent adoption, an adoption attorney may be the only professional a family actually works with. So an adoption agency is essentially an all-inclusive, one-stop shop, while independent adoptions require adoptive parents to outsource, if you will, Mm -hmm. the services they need from different and multiple adoption professionals. Now, in my opinion, families may attempt to do independent adoptions for the following reasons. One, they may believe that they may save money. Mm -hmm. They will have their own control um, rather than handing it over to an agency. Uh, They will attempt to establish a more direct communication maybe. And I'm not not sure of some other reasons that families themselves may come forward and say, but I'm sure there are many more reasons as well.
0: Now, when you talk about how they want to have control and not hand that over to an agency. But also, aren't they kind of losing a lot of the experience of the, because I'm guessing that somebody that's doing their own independent adoption has maybe done one or two before this. No,
2: normally it, not... This is
0: usually a first-time thing, and then they go with an agency the next time?
2: Well, I don't know about the next time, but they, if they if they go with an independent adoption, um, sometimes they'll pull an agency in at the very end because it does get complicated. Okay. The other thing is is that you're losing your source of support. Right. You're losing your source of community.
0: Your case managers that work. You, yeah, for, you don't yeah. have
2: somebody to call at 3 in the morning when you're worried about what the birth mother said and wondering if that's a red flag. Um, you, really, you really are taking – this into your own hands, and you know sometimes it's you're not saving the money that you think you're going to save because when you're doing, let's say marketing in some states it's not legal to use the word marketing in an adoption in the same breath, but right when you are doing outsourcing to find a birth mother, that can be expensive if you're pouring money into just for one. Whereas agencies can do reach
1: uh, Multiple, cast bigger nets, yeah,
2: okay, and. If an adoptive family is trying to find a birth mother independent of an agency, they have to use all of their own networking and advertising venues. Um, They may spend more money on advertising than they would if it was part of their adoption fees. Okay. The other thing is, is that, you know, adoption agencies would typically work with a larger number of pregnant women and can match families and birth mothers according to their preferences. Because, you know, if you're casting a net and you're looking for one birth mother, you don't know what her preferences are necessarily going to be. And so if you've taken time, energy, finances, and poured it into this one mom to try to see if, if it's a good match for you, you don't really have the background. Nobody's done an intake on her. You don't know initially her history. And so that's something that's a big deal. Um, the other thing is, as an agency, we're always monitoring and evaluating birth mother's commitment levels to the program. We evaluate her for what we call red flags Mm -hmm. to make sure that she's still committed to her adoption plan, to make sure that this is still the avenue that all of the indicators are pointing to, that she's looking for a successful adoptive placement herself. She wants to place her baby for adoption. Well, if you're not trained in the the school, per se, of adoption... You may not know what you're looking for.
0: You may not notice the red flags. What right. are some of the red flags that you guys
2: look uh, some for? of the red flags that we see are when you have maybe a birth mother that is very she comes into the agency and she's just focused solely on finances. Oh okay. she just wants to talk about the she wanna talk about the adoptive family. She's not interested in looking at profile, she's avoiding that. She's she just really wants to talk about the funds. What yeah. can she get? How much
0: can I get for food this right. week? And how and, much yeah.
2: And and not really focused on, okay, so I wanna talk about aftercare and, and what that's gonna look like in my involvement with the family. You know, another red flag may be if you have a birth mother that avoids that initially has said that she would do an open adoption, but then avoids the adoptive family completely and starts avoiding you, the caseworker. Mm-hmm. And so when you see somebody pulling away. Um, when you see somebody who says, "Yes, I will go to this doctor's appointment, and I will do this and this," and you start seeing commitment by commitment, not
0: falling by the wayside, right? right. There. And oh, so, oh, I missed that appointment. Oh, but I missed that too. And right, that I can't do today. And okay,
2: so um, a lot of you know. Another thing is is that we use an independent <laughs> counselor. This is a, a person who specializes in adoption counseling, mm-hmm. and if you have. The birth mother telling the agency one thing, and then she goes to an independent counselor and tells the counselor something completely different, and it doesn't match up. Right. That's Those notes are up. compared. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, and, and the birth mother knows that she sounds a release. You know what I mean? That like gets not certainly. It's, yeah, it's, it's not under the table. It's, no, it's no, all no. above board. We we just want to make sure that everybody that we're all seeing the same goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, another red flag would be if, you know, she comes in and does an intake and the information that she gives you is changing as time goes on. So maybe she comes in and she has two birth fathers and then she discloses the next month. Well, there's actually a couple more, okay. or maybe she says, you know, I have no contact with the birth father and he's actually living with her. You know what I mean? Those are the kind yeah. of red flags that we, that we're looking for. The services offered by an adoption agency may not be comparable to what you can offer as an independent adoption seeker, like group counseling or aftercare programs or access to specialists in adoption, like counselors, um, continuity of care for future adoptions. You know, we as an agency develop a relationship with a birth mother, independent of her relationship with the adoptive family, because we are assisting her emotionally with her adoption plan. We are there to hold her hand and take her to doctor's appointments and answer her questions about adoption and provide reassurance Mm -hmm. and be that source of support. The adoptive family in having a relationship with their birth mother during her adoption journey and her pregnancy is to be forming a connection, a familiar connection that they're going to have for the rest of their lives. When you're independent, you really can't play both roles. And so that that I think doesn't give, the birth mother doesn't get all the services that she could get otherwise. Okay. The other thing is, and my biggest concern about independent adoptions is always the risk of a contested adoption. So really the only way an adoption can be overturned, I would say in most cases, is if you can prove coercion. Okay. Oh. And so that is the number one thing that you do not want in an adoption, which is why uh, as an agency, we monitor all communication between the adoptive family and the birth mother, because then there can never be any accusations of coercion Mm -hmm. on behalf of the adoptive family. When you don't have somebody who is, you know, um, with you and your birth mother Mm -hmm. as an adoptive family, you don't have an independent worker there then who's to say that you're not going to be accused of saying this or offering this or pressuring this way? And so it really can open you up to liability. And I always explain to adoptive families, as the agency director, my goal and my responsibility is to safeguard their adoption. I am to make it as bulletproof as possible.
1: Hmm.
2: In taking that very seriously, when you're working independently as an adoptive family with a birth mother, you don't have that layer of protection. And so that's what an agency can offer rather than a family trying to do this on their own. So I think that those are just some some things to think about for families that are looking at why they would work with an agency rather than trying to... Do
0: this on their own.
2: Pioneer this on their Mm -hmm. own,
1: yeah. My name is Nikita. I'm a birth mother. I chose building an Arizona families because... I was kind of lost at the beginning, didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I ran into this over the internet, came in, I read about it some more, and then I met the people. And I was just like, okay, this is something that I can consider. Um, I didn't want to do an abortion because it would be bad. So I chose to give my baby to someone who I know would love her. and give her the best guidance the family we chose was great so it was just like a blessing out of the sky it just came and i went with it and i feel fine now i didn't want to just place her my child with anybody Um, i came a little late so it was like everything happened so fast but when i say that it happened fast the people who I was working with, my case managers and stuff like that, they helped me get through it as far as it, you know, as fast as it came. So, like, when I picked a family and I read the book, it was just like, the first time we seen the book, we was like, yeah, we're gonna go with them. But then we read through it and it was like, okay, they can't have no baby. We can give blessing with a baby. And they just so loving and caring, like, Everybody was just so nice to me. And I just was like, this is where it's at. Like, I found family in this little group thing, Building Arizona. Like, I had nobody, and they came through. Like, they was there every step of the way, like, seriously. So it was great for me. Nice experience, hard experience, but I got through it. I pray a lot. And I know that by me picking this family, it wasn't just somebody that was thrown at us. So it was like, it took a while to, we are gonna give this baby to a family that we don't even know. But once I sat down and I met with the adoptive mother and adoptive father, I felt confident in what I was doing. So like, the way I dealt with the coping and knowing that I'm giving my baby up, it was just like, Can you provide for this baby right now? No, you can't provide for this baby right now. Can you support this baby right now? No, you cannot. So I coped better with just knowing that I had somebody else right there. And they were, the family was even with me too. Like everything was fine. We even got a connection with the family. So that's how I coped. And I'm coping right now after Giving my baby up, you know, I, I'm coping. I'm doing good. I thought I would be a crybaby, but it's like once you figure in your heart that your baby is safe, nobody's harming your baby, your baby's not dead, you know, you know your baby is still out there, so you you're you're fine. Long as you know she ain't hurt, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> it's fine. The best thing about adoption, open adoption, is you still get to communicate it may not be every day but the family long as the family is willing to send pictures every six months or every three months to six months or a 90-minute visitation through the skype you know and just just knowing that you have that still kind of connection it makes you feel better because it's not like you just Gave your baby up and you don't want nothing to do with them. There's still a way you can be a part of that baby's life, not having to be right there to raise them, but you're still being a part of that baby's life. And the family we chose, they just like, sure, we'll send pictures. I mean, I got pictures two days after I had my baby, like, and I was like feeling good, like, oh, they are really nice. They not gonna trade on me. I thought like When you're in that process of giving your baby up for adoption, you're like, is these people gonna stick with what they said? Are they gonna send pictures? Are they gonna let us talk when we get older? And you gotta be smart about what family you choosing because some families could do that, but this one is great. And that's what also brings me closer. They'll send a picture or one of my case managers will be like, oh, did you get this, Nikita? And it'll be a picture of her, so it's like, great they family they still look out for you even when you have your child and you done you know did what you had to do as far as the with adoption they still be right there like are you okay Uh, how you need counseling like anything they're still there to help you and that's why i love baf (laughs) i really do i found family in (laughs) y'all
0: We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can call our toll-free number 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or give you more information. You can check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thank you for joining us on Birth, Mother Matters, and Adoption, written and produced by Kelly Rourke-Scarry and edited by me, ron raines if you enjoy this podcast rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and as always thanks to grapes for letting us use their song i don't know as our theme song join us next time for birth mother matters in adoption for kelly Rourke scary i'm ron raines and we'll see you then